Welcome to Homer Collective. I'm Pat Ward. And I'm Taryn Mel. And today we're talking about alcohol and more specifically our relationship with alcohol. A lot of times in our counseling practices, we have clients who are questioning, do I have a problem drinking? Does my spouse have a problem with drinking? Um, does the world have a problem with drinking? We, we have a lot of questions about that, wondering where the line is, how do we determine the line, and how do we determine the way that our relationship with alcohol is affecting us? And so we're gonna talk about that today. Talking about and evaluating our relationship with alcohol, it's incredibly important, especially in environments like the one we live in. Pat and I live in a partying college town. Yeah. It just is everywhere. Um, kids yeah, it's birthday league, parties. Little league games, trick-or-treating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah, it's everywhere. And so um, also, I mean, in the context of some family histories, you know, those environments, it can be really complicated. There can be addiction. There can be abuse, right? And so entering into that can be really difficult. We can have uh, misaligned coping skills with our families or in our relationships where we maybe disagree on how we're going to cope. Some people might think it's okay to cope with alcohol. Other people might not. This is just a really important topic. Um, especially even going into the holidays. We just recorded an episode on going into the holidays, how to prepare and plan. Um, if you know you're going to be going to a family event, there's going to be a lot of alcohol and maybe you're trying to reduce your alcohol consumption. That can be really challenging. Yeah. If you ask anyone though, I think most people would say they want to have a relationship with alcohol. Right? Nobody wants to have a problem. Nobody wants to feel out of control, but it's still a struggle nevertheless. So today we're going to look at how we might ask the right questions Gain the right kind of perspective because this is a common issue. I think a good place to start would be to identify the different kinds of relationships that we have with alcohol and with other substances that can become issues with us or for us in general. Um, the first kind of relationship is a healthy one. That's the one that we want to have. Some people find that through abstinence, but other people find that through using alcohol responsibly. When we have a healthy relationship with the substance, we, uh, we use it in the right way, in the right place, in the right settings. It has its, a, a pr its proper place in our lives. And also, we interact with it in a way that's respectful of other people. They're different, they're differing perspectives, and they're different preferences, and maybe even their different struggles. We can be sensitive to that and be aware of those things. Yeah. And going right off of that, you know, a non-healthy relationship with alcohol would be a dependent relationship with alcohol. So using mm -hmm. alcohol or any other substance to serve a need in your life. Um, this is where we kind of use alcohol to cope, right? To deal with some social anxiety because alcohol is a huge part of social situations um, yeah. during certain seasons of maybe work stress or holiday get-togethers, and we can use alcohol, or, or actually, this is where we start to feel like we need alcohol, right, to get through those challenging times. Yeah, and so as we go through the rest of these relationships, it starts with healthy, moves into dependence, where it becomes a little bit of a crutch, a little bit of, you know, a little helper, um, and then it moves more and more to being integrated in our life. So beyond dependence, we have, we have abuse, substance abuse, alcohol abuse, and that's where we have cycles of dependence, and, and using of alcohol or any other substance to serve a core need in our life for which it wasn't made. 
you know, alcohol wasn't made to help us sleep, but some people drink every night um, because that's, that's the way they go to sleep. That's the only way that they go to sleep. Some people drink um, because they're, they're dealing with some tension in their home life or they're dealing with persistent stress at work. And so sometimes people are able to do that and continue functioning normally. But a lot of times when abuse happens and when we're integrating it into our lives in a way that it wasn't designed to be, we start having some kind of negative consequences. They may not have totally cost us anything um, to a great degree, but alcohol abuse is often marked by, by some negative consequences. And yet the pattern still remains and often is pushing us on to the next thing. Yeah. And the next thing would be that addiction. And, and this would be when there's that cy- cycle of substance abuse, right? We've been abusing alcohol or a substance for a while. And then that cycle actually just serves several core functions in our lives or not just a single core function, but several core functions in our lives leading to some physical dependency damage, um, just widespread maladaptive consequences. Um, We lose relationships. We can lose our job. um, We can have some financial issues because we're spending so much extra money on alcohol or, I mean, even criminal repercussion, all of it. Yeah. A lot of consequences there. And we're, you know, this episode is not so that we can like scare people about alcohol, but we do talk to a lot of people who are curious if they've left the realm of a healthy relationship and they're, they're, they're swerving into dependency or abuse. And, you know, it is, it is hard to tell sometimes, especially in environments like the ones that we mentioned, but it is really important to catch it early when we're starting to lean on it more and more in ways that we shouldn't, we can often course correct a lot easier in that circumstance than we can once it becomes an addiction or a, or a major issue like that. Yeah. You're really talking about the difference between some preventative work here and just asking some really helpful, healthy questions and maybe somebody even having to go inpatient when it's a full blown addiction, right? Because yeah. they cannot in their day-to-day life without the substance. So we, we have to take really extreme treatment measures when we get to that place often. Right. Right. So, so, so some questions that may be important for you to ask is, you know, ask what, what, is, what is your history with alcohol? Do you see any patterns that maybe without asking the intentional question, do you see any patterns that have been problematic? Do you see any negative consequences in your past that that may be um, may have affected you back then? It may be also important to ask, like, are there realistically some negative consequences now? If you got somebody that you trust or somebody who will be honest with you, it may be good to ask them, hey, what do you see about how I interact with alcohol? Do you see any negative consequences? Are you feeling that? Are you noticing things that may be in my blind spot? Um, and, and even if the people that you trust um, have have offered that to you or expressed that up to now, then that may be another sign that you may be moving beyond a healthy relationship with it into something that, that could be more problematic later on. Even if, you know, other people in your life haven't approached you and expressed concern because maybe everyone else around you is drinking just as much as you're drinking. Right. Uh, I think just asking the questions of like, what does alcohol add to my life? Right. What does it add to my life here? Is it serving the purpose that it's supposed to serve in that right environment, the correct environment? Or um, is it adding maybe more harm than good? Right. Or what is alcohol taking away from me? Is it taking away my own ability to cope on my own without this substance? Uh, we, we talked about devices 
earlier in another episode, right? We talked about how when we depend on our devices, we actually lose our ability to cope in other ways. The same thing is true with alcohol. When we depend on alcohol to cope, we lose our ability to cope in other ways. So that's right. Another question is, have you ever tried to quit? A lot of times, one of the biggest um, determining factors and if we if we're abusing a substance or addicted to it is if we've ever come to a point of saying I'm done I'm not going to do it anymore and then we ran past that boundary and um, studying that understanding that admitting to that being honest about it um, can be helpful in evaluating our relationship um, another thing that can be helpful and this is something I've suggested to people in the past is considering fasting for a season I've had some people who've gone the whole month of January to try to reset the new year and, and do it without alcohol. Or some people celebrate sober October, which is probably good because that's kind of when the stress of life is high and seasonal depression starts to set in. And so we can kind of learn some things. And that, that's the, that's the whole aim of a, of a fast from alcohol is to try to understand the, the space that it's taking up in our life. Some people fast for religious reasons. I think, you know, there's, there's some benefit to that, but more than, more than anything, I think of abstaining for a season, a couple of weeks, maybe a month helps us notice some mental, emotional, and physical patterns that we may not be able to see in any other way. We may notice some things that we had been numbing or ignoring because of drinking. Um, we, have, we, may, we may see some things that we've been avoiding, and alcohol is just an easy way of avoiding that. We may have, we may have, have integrated it into some places that we haven't noticed, and it's only when we're trying to get rid of it that we can, can feel that and can see that and determine if we want to make some changes. Um, I've, I've had plenty of people who fasted um, from alcohol for a season who said it's beneficial. Nobody has come back and said, you know what, taking a break for a couple of weeks ruined my life. But I have heard from several people who have had a, a, a relationship with alcohol that ruined their life. So if you're hearing some things that, that sound familiar to you in this episode, or if you are having people, um, encourage you to to ask some hard questions about your relationship with alcohol that may be a good first step is to try to go for a couple weeks without drinking yeah and the point of this episode is not to shame anyone into making a decision to fast or quit drinking the point of this episode is to be thoughtful about our alcohol consumption and to just think about what you need to grow personally yeah a few other just really helpful tips and tricks to have a healthy relationship with alcohol that, that I found to be really helpful. I suggest to clients is uh, planning your consumption, right? If, if I know yeah. I have these social events coming up and alcohol is going to be there and I don't want to have to be the person who's just like, no, you know, I'm not drinking today, but I, I want to be able to enjoy a beverage with friends. I'm probably not going to drink throughout the week. Like that might be a good recommendation. Like uh, I, maybe I limit myself when I plan my consumption, I say, I want to drink one night out of the week. I want to drink two nights out of the week. I want to make sure I'm not drinking to the point of intoxication, yeah. right? I, I'm planning my consumption. I'm looking at the events and things I have ahead and I'm um, being thoughtful about it. Yeah. You may also want to make other healthy decisions in your thoughtfulness, like drinking plenty of water and making sure not to drink on an empty stomach or, you know, other considerations that, that help alcohol have a reasonable part of your, night or your social event, but not be in the driver's seat of it. Yep, absolutely. It could be helpful then to talk with someone too, who also wants to ask these thoughtful questions <clears throat> around drinking culture. Uh, I mean, I, when we have, when we surround ourselves with people who are thoughtful and want to grow, it's easier. We yep. feel like we have that support system in place. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And then the last thing is to make plans to have fun in other ways. If you're really trying to change your relationship with alcohol, as humans, we don't really exist very well in a vacuum. You know, just removing something from our life is really hard. It, it feels like there's an emptiness there. So think about ways that you can add other things um, to your schedule, add other things to your weekend or to your nighttime routine um, that, that don't just have you white knuckling, trying not to drink and thinking about how miserable you are doing that. So add some things um, that feel fulfilling and, um, you know, feel like, um, you know, you're, you're doing a healthy thing for yourself, not just, not just at the whim of somebody else's opinion. Yeah, one or a couple of fun things I recommend to clients is to get outside, get outdoors, move your body, exercise, Yeah, you know, get out in nature, because that's often something you can do where there's not alcohol right in your face, right? Yep. Sometimes when we, we go out to eat and it's there, it's hard to be like, oh, this is a time that I'm not going to drink. But when you're outside, you don't have to have that beverage with you. Doing something fun, maybe doing something with family um, can be a really great way to enjoy your, your life. Absolutely. The only other tip that we have is if something today has made you evaluate and think you may be into the abuse or the um, addiction levels of your relationship with alcohol, it's a really good idea to reach out to a professional to help. We, we work with people all the time who are working through dependency issues, and it's and it and as much deeper often than just, hey, just don't do that. Just stop. I mean, that's the nature of addiction is that even when we realize we need to stop, we can't. And so we have to work through some of the emotional, cognitive and relational patterns that are associated with addiction. And we just need to do some deep work there. So reach out, get the help that you need, ask other people to support you in it, even if they don't know how to help you um, break from some of these cycles. Um, I doubt that anybody listening has, has never heard of AA before. Um, most of the people who seek that out in times when they're struggling with, um, with alcohol find it to be a loving community of people who help them move towards not just sobriety, but to leveling up and healing in their life and, and making some other changes as well. And so um, it, may be, it may be worth checking out local chapters of that as well. Maybe you have a, a family member or a loved one too. I mean, who maybe drinking is not a problem for you, but you have someone you love that you're concerned about. I mean, there are Al-Anon groups there, you know, there's still a community around recovery for people who have a loved one who struggles maybe with alcohol abuse or addiction. Addressed early and appropriately, alcohol issues can be reversed before major damage is done. So if you heard something today that sounds familiar, move on it. Don't just think about how it sounded familiar, but make some practical steps, have a conversation, and open up about it. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully this has been helpful and, and may even be an episode you want to share with someone who's at a crossroads in their struggle with alcohol use. If you want to connect with us more, you can find us on Facebook or at patwardcounseling.com or taryncooper.com. That's Taryn with a Y. We will see you next time.